Hey, this is Tyler from Huntington Beach, California, and I never listen to this awful show. I doubt it with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. back so soon and thank you for joining us for this episode 409 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host as always Jesse Dollamore and I am seated next to the most scholarly, beautiful, intelligent and capable co-host in all of podcast land, Maria Menounos. Oh, <laughs> Wow. That's a low blow. I didn't even know she, I actually just, that name came to mind and then I remembered why. Uh, She does host a podcast Mm -hmm. because we went and watched uh, Deadpool 2 Mm -hmm. yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. And we always get there early enough to make sure we strategically pick our seats because of the issues we've had in the past, the many, many issues. And there was, you know, the the first look or whatever they have before the, the previews. And she was yammering about her podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you're promoting it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. big, big fan. Big fan of the show. You know me, just trying to make people uh, in a good mood. One disgruntled shopkeeper at a time, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yep, it is. Good times. You know what's not good times? Is being an outspoken activist in this age of Trump. Everybody should know who Vic Berger is. If you don't know who he is, I'm sure you've seen his work. He does uh, very funny videos um, for Super Deluxe. Mm -hmm. And he tweeted today some shit that's uh, pretty fucking scary. Yeah, well, I don't know if everyone knows about the Proud Boys. Um, Ugh. It's a group... Like a quasi-white supremacist group. It's a group led by Gavin McInnes, who used to be on Fox News, who used to be a pretty mainstream guy. Co-founder of Vice News. He would... Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, He's credited with coining the phrase hipster, creating the word hipster. Huh. Okay. I I apparently know nothing about him. (laughs) Um, that is shocking to me. I thought he was just like a talking head on no, a no. late night Fox News show on occasion. Called Red um, Eye. Yeah. And now he is the leader of the Proud Boys, which is like a men's rights activist, um, white supremacist leaning kind of group. They can only masturbate like once a month. They call it... Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's the only rule I know about. But... I, I, I think they call themselves a pro-Western civilization, which is code for white supremacy. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He goes and goes on stage with like Mike Cernovich and those ding-dongs. Mm-hmm. Stefan Molyneux. Yeah, so Vic Berger tweeted, um, I was recently made aware that Gavin McGinnis sent this message to his followers, the Proud Boys. Today, a Proud Boy drove to my home, rang my doorbell, and threatened me and my family, all because I edited videos that Gavin didn't like, got his plate number, and filed a police report. And then he attached a screenshot of the message that went out to the Proud Boys. Um Quote, these videographer stalkers are making us look like bitches. First, everyone should report this Twitter post for hate speech and have your members do the same. At the very least, we can probably get it taken down and maybe get his verified profile deleted. They want Gavin McGinnis fired. They want to attack our group. Let's show them there are consequences. These fucks are way too comfortable. If we do nothing, we send a message that it's open season on Proud Boys. It's not. Let's get the social media profiles, phone numbers, and addresses for their bosses, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, boyfriends, friends, and get to work. 
Hooker ads for his mother all over the internet, Craigslist ads for orgies, yard sales, thousands of dollars of food should be delivered to their houses. I'm not saying anyone should go stab anyone. Be smart. Post any ideas or info you have in the comments. P-O-Y-B, which I don't know what that means. Um, Wow. And this is terrifying. Right, because he commands um, thousands of idiots who subscribe to their... like caveman tribalistic bullshit right and again this is this is the this is a guy who makes funny videos that's what he does it's that are clearly edited right creative commentary mocking these goofballs and gavin mcginnis is a public figure yeah it's like me putting a call out to the audience to go attack ding dongs on youtube who do videos about me well, it's just this it's absurd. Well, this is this is terrifying that that he is sending people to someone's house, um, asking them to dig up the personal details of their family and post fake ads online. Uh, I, Michael Ian Black responded to this and said, wait, they want to send thousands of dollars of food to your house. That sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> Not, like you're going to be responsible for paying for it. <laughs> I, I guess they didn't think about that, but <laughs> again, they're morons. <laughs> yeah, um, but someone went to his house. Yeah, but, well, and knocked scary. on his door. Yeah, and threatened his family. He actually went to his house, knocked on his door, and did that. Someone did that. Um, that's that's terrifying. And yeah, so this this is something that happens now in this political climate. You have people that are unstable and motivated by tribalism. And this is the kind of stuff that happens. It's really scary. Well, especially when you're the the bulk of your ideology is based around um, intolerance, hatred, pro Western civilization. We we fucking get it. We know what that means. So, uh, Vic Berger, stay safe out there, buddy. Yeah, for sure. No good. Speaking of no good. <laughs> Uh, This kind of got me in a twit today. Um, I read on CNN an article about the Pope having, in a private conversation with a gay man, saying that something like, uh, God created you this way and God loves you this way. And again, like every other time, it gets ignored that the Pope mistreats abuse victims at the hands of his church. But they trip all over themselves to report this things like this in the most positive light possible. And it just it, it pisses me off that a man who supposedly speaks to God, a position, the rock of the church, the vicar of Christ here on earth, uh, that it, it took over two thousand years for a pope in a private conversation. <laughs> To say what we know, what the rest of the world knows. Well, they're not confirming it. They haven't denied it, though. Yeah, but they're not confirming it. I mean, everyone is like celebrating this. But again, Pope Francis isn't coming out and saying, yeah, I said that. That's what I believe. Yeah, true. So true. I don't so, I, every, so, everyone. No, everyone's jumping to defend it. Yeah. And I think that that's an important point that needs to be made. They are not saying, yeah, I said that. And that's the position that I take. And he's, he's not coming out and saying And therefore, that. that's the position of the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's not being said. So people can make the argument that this is a step forward, whatever. <laughs> he's not saying that he said it. Yeah. They're not commenting on the remarks. Listen, I, I will be the first to celebrate the Catholic Church moving into modernity where it relates to women's reproductive rights, LGBT issues. Fuck even just the use of condoms. We, they had to be dragged into the 21st century and allow condoms to be used with the blessing of the church in Africa to combat AIDS. But only before that, only for that though. Oh, condoms? Oh no, evil. That is evil. We're sorry. No condom use. That, oh, I can't imagine. No condoms, everybody. Oh, AIDS? No. Oh, okay. 
But just for AIDS, though. And the media trips all over. Oh, he talked to a homeless guy. Well, so the the New York Times is reporting that Vatican officials are cautioning against interpreting his pastoral outreach as a definitive ruling on the nature versus nurture question or as a change in church teaching. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that people with quote-unquote homosexual tendencies must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity, but it also calls a deep-seated homosexual inclination and its acts intrinsically disordered and contrary to the natural law. So, So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? Vatican officials are like, whoa, whoa. It's kind of like a Donald Trump situation. Slow down. Um, we're, you know, we're not going to comment on his private comments, right. but also let me remind you about wh- what our position is on this yeah. issue. So it is, it's a lot like Donald Trump. Oh no, no, no. What he meant to say was, or what the, what the administration's policy actually is, is this. And if you ask him, oh, well, I think the Pope's comments speak for themselves. We're not going to talk about it. Well, in this line in this New York Times article is strange. It says, quote, it is an emphasis that it is increasingly evident throughout a a church hierarchy that he is reshaping. It is an emphasis that is increasingly evident throughout a church hierarchy that he is reshaping. What what has been reshaped? Yeah, I'm... What has been reshaped under Pope Francis? this This is what I'm confused about with him. Yeah, he... He, you know, talks about the homeless and the poor and does all the great stuff. But again, he like accused victims of sexual abuse of slander. Being liars. Yeah. And didn't believe them and made them jump through hoops until he finally accepted that that's the case, that they were abused. So there's pretty clear blind spots here. And I would say. And I, I don't think that this is something to be celebrated just yet. Now, if he comes out and makes an announcement, if the Vatican comes out and makes an announcement, then maybe we can have a conversation about that. But right now, right? no. It's the exact same thing that happened, and we'll get off this, but when he said that uh, atheists can go to heaven too, and then uh, only hours later, the Catholic Church officially is walking that way back. Oh, no, it was a... Uh, a mistranslation of what he said in Italian or or Portuguese or whatever he was speaking at the time. Let's just, again, pump our brakes a little bit and uh, I do not say, get ahead of ourselves giving this guy too much fucking credit. I do want to say if it was meaningful for him, the the abuse survivor that heard this in the private meeting, then that's great. And and I believe it was meaningful to the abuse survivor that heard this. And so if it meant something to him, that is that is important. And I if that gave him relief, if that gave him comfort, then that is awesome and great. And if it gave other people comfort um, that are struggling because of the church's teachings and they're trying to reconcile their faith with who they are, um, then great. Um, but... I, I I do think that Pope Francis could be a little bit more for, forceful, given that he is the vicar of Christ, and um, if he is about reshaping the church, then then he can he can get to getting on that. Right, he doesn't have much time left. He's an old man. You know, mm-hmm. if he's going to be doing some reforming, he better get to reforming. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Uh, only a, 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 just hours after having recorded episode 408 uh, because we were really long last episode. Keep those voicemails and emails coming related to the masculinity conversation because we're going to be addressing that uh, on next episode. Um, but in the meantime, um, let's kind of do this a little differently. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you. By way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So we do not have any new Patreon supporters to announce 
today. We mentioned Harry last time. We did. Yeah. Now he gets a double mention. That is pretty unfair. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not everybody else gets that. You can buy uh, I Doubt It with Dollamore merchandise at dollamore.info. You can shop on Amazon, dollamore.com slash Amazon. Uh, no extra cost to you, but we do get a little bit of that. And that is always nice to keep the lights on here. Um, you can also leave a review on iTunes, which is really helpful. Do not cuss in the review because that is not allowed. Yeah, not because of our delicate sensibilities, but because of Apple Podcasts. It will not post it. Yeah, they just, uh, they'll leave the rating up there, but the review never shows up. Yeah. I don't know why they just don't put dot, like replace the word fuck with asterisks or something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or just let the word be up there because everyone is... We're adults. Yeah. And it's an explicit podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if you're not adults, you're going to hear them. The words. <laughs> the words will be said. Right. I've heard them on CNN. <laughs> yeah, we have. I've heard them on the news. Okay. I mean, our president calls African and Haitian nation, you know, shitholes. Yeah, I heard I heard many cuss words that day on reputable <laughs> networks. So what I'm saying is iTunes needs to be more like CNN. More, more like CNN. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate your support, your loyalty, and your listenership. Um, every single one of you mean, mean the world to us, and we, we love the shit out of you guys. Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we get into this, um, FBI insanity and Mueller looking at uh, at Roger Stone, I want to talk about something that I've I've mentioned before on the show and 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 uh, maybe even in a video uh, on YouTube about the Postal Service. And a report came out this week that Donald Trump has been systematically pressuring the Postmaster General, yeah, that's that's a real thing, to double the rates on Amazon, the postal rates, the shipping rates, the packaging rates. And this is, again, this, the cycle of covering Donald Trump is is just everything should be prefaced with, this is not normal. We should rename the fucking podcast, this is not normal. In an astonishingly blatant abuse of power, the President of the United States attempted to use the power of his office and the power of the federal government to financially injure a company owned by a man who published journalism the President doesn't like. The Washington Post reporting today that Trump has personally been pushing the Postmaster General to raise shipping rates on Amazon, a company owned by Jeff Bezos, who also happens to publish the Washington Post. And for months, as you probably noticed, the president has repeatedly, insistently linked Amazon to the Washington Post, calling the, quote, fake Washington Post a lobbyist for Amazon saying the paper functions as a tax shelter for Bezos, while also falsely claiming that Amazon rips off the post office. The post office is losing billions of dollars, and the taxpayers are paying for that money because it delivers packages for Amazon at a very below cost. We now know that was not idle chatter. The president has reportedly been working hard behind closed doors to punish Jeff Bezos financially, pushing the post office to double Amazon's shipping charges, according to The Washington Post. The Postmaster General and Trump have met at the White House about the matter several times already, beginning in 2017, most recently four months ago. The meetings have, interestingly, never appeared on Trump's public schedule. So far, the Postmaster General has resisted by explaining in multiple conversations occurring this year and last that these arrangements are bound by contracts and must be reviewed by a regulatory commission. Joining me now, Maya Wiley, former assistant U.S. attorney. Um, you also worked uh, as sort of the, corp- the, the counsel to Mayor Bill de Blasio, right? I so I, I want to just ask you this. So let's say you're, you're in that position. You're advising a mayor, this mayor, who fights with the New York press all the time. And he comes in and he says, I'm going to go uh, threaten to revoke the zoning to the New York <laughs> Times. No, seriously. He says, I'm just so fed up. It would more likely you, be the New York Post. Yeah, the New York Post. You're right. The New York Post. Perfect. He said, we're going we're gonna to screw them on the zoning. I, I want to call the zoning commissioner in here and I want to go after him and change it for the New York Post. What would you say to him? Well, 
af- wait, before or after I started spluttering and fell down on the floor. I mean, because it's so outrageous. So it's so outrageous. I can't imagine anyone ever other than actually, him doing it. other right. than Donald Trump ever actually raising this even in as a question of whether he could do it in the first place. I mean, usually it doesn't even come up as a question. Right. Right. Do I have the power to actually go after someone I don't like just because I don't like them or because what they're saying about me as a public official? Why is that? Why does that not even come to people's minds? Uh, Well, first of all, there's this thing called the U.S. Constitution. It has this amendment in it was the First Amendment that protects free speech. And that really is the crux of this. Donald Trump was going to be the the law and order president. And this is the most Nixonian thing. Nixon wouldn't even have tried to do this bullshit. Using the weight, the regulatory weight of the executive branch of government to financially punish people he doesn't like and political opponents. Now, what they didn't mention here, he's not only doing it to Jeff Bezos, but he very well could be doing it to CNN because AT&T is right now in litigation trying to merge in a deal that would uh, have them own CNN and they're being punished because of it. It would also include HBO, you know, John Oliver's show. And if Donald Trump is is arbitrarily, I guess it wouldn't be arbitrarily because he's there's there's machinations behind it, there's design behind it. He is he is uh he's using the weight of the government for his personal vendettas. There is nothing more fundamentally un-American than that. This is not normal. I wonder if what happens is your your guy wins, right? The one that you wanted, your party is in power, and you just kind of check out. Like you stop paying attention and you you think that they have You mean it all. like earnest Trump voters. Yeah, like you, you just think that he has it handled. Yeah. And so you're not checking in. You're not seeing how things are going, right? You might look at his tweets and what he's saying, but you're you're not actually trying to verify what he's doing and whether it's good or bad. You just trust that the guy that you wanted in there, the guy who's on your team, yeah, is well, is doing the right thing. Especially if you're a Fox News viewer, yeah. So you're not even hearing this. This isn't even on your radar at all. Yeah, and it's really alarming. And I wonder if, <laughs> um. I wonder when or what it's going to take, what event needs to happen to finally shift the coverage on Fox. Um, You know, Shep does what he needs to do, but I'm talking about the other channels. What's going to happen when it finally reaches that point where they can't ignore it, where they have to report it and they have to report it accurately because it's so big. they're taking Donald Trump out in handcuffs or something. I mean, you know, like what is it? Even then they'd be talking about, you know, Tucker Carlson would do a whole segment on how men are being, you know, the butt of jokes in the media. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I wonder what it's going to take when it's finally going to shift. And I don't know what the answer is, but I, I I don't either. It's shocking to me that, that so many Republicans, are you know i keep screaming it but they're they're cowards they are cowards this isn't normal this isn't right if barack obama had done listen there were bad actors who made it appear and i don't even remember what exactly the finding was on it but it didn't look good relative to the irs denying um 501c3 and c4 applications for for nonprofits because they were conservative Mm mm-hmm and people lost their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. That all got rectified. They ended up just delaying the approvals. But if Barack Obama was doing this, was was um, putting his thumb on the scale to to uh, delay or scuttle a deal between uh, News Corp and some other company, they'd be losing their minds. Right. Well, there's so many little little scandals going on. Yeah. And 
the <laughs> the theme of all of these scandals is just that it is corrupt Donald. He, yeah. he used to talk about how corrupt the Clintons were and Clinton corruption. <laughs> and they're one and the same. Yeah. The birds of a feather, right? Yeah. <laughs> he He's trying to obfuscate, but we, we see. We see what's going on. Well, some of us do. Some of us don't. Yeah. Some of us don't. Y'all Trump, baby! So the other thing that I really want to get to, because Roger Stone is a special kind of bad guy. Roger Stone is a guy who idolizes Richard Nixon, and I don't say that <laughs> lightly. I don't say that euphemistically. That's not a metaphor. He has a giant portrait of Richard Nixon's fucking face on the center of his back. Wait a minute. He has a tattoo? Oh, you don't know this either? No. He has a giant portrait google roger stone nixon tattoo i'm not fucking around here it's as big as a goddamn cantaloupe nixon's face right between his shoulder blades on his back hmm. that's real yeah it looks fake uh, that's real okay i'll believe you <laughs> that's very disturbing but you know he's obsessed with nixon because anytime um someone goes to his house he has all of the nixon memorabilia yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a room filled with nixon memorabilia it seems like his whole house might be filled with nixon memorabilia he's but a nutter butter yeah he loves him he loves the guy yeah so uh roger stone is now square in the crosshairs of the Mueller investigation and uh it's not looking good for him and he's not doing what a normal right-in-the-head type of individual would do, which is keep your fucking head down. He's, uh, he's being pretty Roger Stone about it. Michael Cohen's lawyers have filed a new motion trying to keep Stormy Daniels, very visible attorney Michael Avenatti, away from the federal proceedings in New York. This is Reuters is reporting that Mueller subpoenaed another aide to Roger Stone, who reportedly worked for Stone as an accountant. And it builds on news from two days ago that Mueller was issuing a subpoena to speak with a social media expert who also worked for Stone. For his part, Stone says that Mueller has not contacted him yet and he doesn't know where he fits into all this. Well, at this point, I don't know if I'm a person of interest or just an interesting person. It's not pleasant to have a, a special prosecutor with unbridled power in your emails, in your text messages, in your phone calls, and he's very clearly in mine. I'm joined by the Wall Street Journal, Shelby Holliday, and former federal prosecutor Paul Butler and David Korn by phone, Washington Bureau Chief for Mother Jones. Uh, Shelby, uh, Roger Stone refers to himself as an interesting person. Uh, that is fair and something uh, critics... I don't think anyone's denying that. And of course, <laughs> agree on. Um, but, but it is clearly notable that his associates are being hit while he is not. Yes, and he hasn't heard a word from... Mueller or Mueller's team. I talked to his lawyer today and, you know, it's a little concerning for people around Roger Stone when they hear that. Um, it suggests he might be a subject or even a target. But what's so interesting about these late recent subpoenas is, yes, they have to do with social media. And for a long time, we've talked about Roger Stone's tweets and some of his comments about Julian Assange. But they also have to do with his PAC. And as you mentioned, one of these guys was his, was his accountant. So it suggests that Mueller may be looking into financial information. Um, I was just speaking to Sam Nunberg, who is also close to Roger Stone and had to turn over documents related to Roger Stone. And Sam says... It may not just be about the Assange comments. It may not just have to do with WikiLeaks. This could be a lot deeper than people realized. Um, and that's certainly something that Stone would be concerned about. Right. And, and that Paul Butler goes to the Cohen investigation. Nobody knew uh, even a month ago uh, that there was such a money trail uh, connecting uh, Michael Cohen to major companies in the United States and major firms linked to Putin oligarchs. Listen to Roger Stone talk about the social media part and what he describes as young people who work for him. It's very clear that not only has Mr. Uh, Mueller uh, subpoenaed a, a part-time consultant who worked for me for three months. He's also dropped subpoenas on a number of other young people who work for me. What does it take to get that? And what does it tell you uh, that Mueller's doing that? 
it tells us that they're coming for Roger Stone. He's been a shady character for day one in this investigation. So remember, we have these hacked emails that our intelligence community tells us Russia was responsible for. They wind up in WikiLeaks and Roger Stone knows all about what's coming out before the hack emails are released. He's going all over the media and in Breitbart predicting that some dirt is coming out on Hillary. How does he know this? He's been inconsistent about his relationship with WikiLeaks. At times he says he knows Julius Assange. Other times he says he doesn't know him. WikiLeaks at one point disavows him. And then the day after the election, Ari, there's that bizarre tweet from WikiLeaks to Roger Stone. Now we're free to talk. This guy is up to his neck in corruption with Donald Trump. He was an early early staffer, early advisor on the campaign, and then they parted ways. He's, he's another cog in the wheel that makes me think this was a strategy on the part of the Trump um, organization to bring these people in, get them acquainted with the system and setup, and then fire them or part ways with them employment-wise, and then they could go out on their own and be independent bad actors. And give the campaign a plausible deniability. Most recently, uh, DeGeneva, that lawyer, was brought on and then not brought on. And then he went on his own, independently saying things, making media appearances. Corey Lewandowski, same type of situation. Paul Manafort, same type of situation. Leaving it up to, finally, Steve Bannon... And, and Kellyanne Conway. But Roger Stone, he is a pivotal character in this because he was in contact with WikiLeaks and Guccifer, the Russian hacker. Or he's just a fucking psychic who was predicting <laughs> days in advance, mm. really merely hours in advance of major hacks being announced. I think it's that. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, I think that's the one. He he went on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press and said the same stupid line about being an interesting person or a person of interest. He's not that clever. That's not that clever a line, especially to be repeating it like it's just fucking genius. It's so fun to make jokes (laughs) about how much criminal (laughs) activity you're involved in. But but. but he uh, he slipped up and he said something that's kind of a Freudian thing. Uh, he it really lets you know where he's where his head's at related to crimes he may have committed. Let me start uh, with this. We learned that two of your associates now have been subpoenaed recently by the special counsel. We know that prosecutors have been asking witnesses about you. Um, the last time we've talked, you had said you hadn't been uh, interviewed by the special counsel. Are you preparing to be indicted? Well, Chuck, I don't know if I'm an interesting person or a person of interest. Uh, I think these leaks out of the special counsel's office are reprehensible. At least eight of my current or former associates, mostly young people, have been terrorized by Mr. Mueller's investigators. I can guarantee you they have found no evidence whatsoever of Russian collusion, nor trafficking of allegedly hacked emails with WikiLeaks. It is not inconceivable now that Mr. Mueller and his team may seek to conjure up some extraneous crime uh, uh, pertaining to my business or maybe not even pertaining to the 2016 election. I would chalk this up to an effort to silence me. Chuck, I've been a, I think, effective on InfoWars, on StoneColdTruth.com, on programs like this, uh, of the excesses <laughs> oh, uh, of the and partisanship of the <laughs> Mueller probe. So uh, I am prepared should that be the case. But I think it just demonstrates, again, mm-hmm. this was supposed to be about Russian collusion, uh, and it appears to be an effort to silence or punish the president's supporters. So this was supposed to be about Russia collusion what do you mean you're gonna you 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 find extraneous he says extraneous crimes Mm -hmm. so because it doesn't have to do with russia you think you have immunity you think you have amnesty from 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 prosecution 
Yeah. If they, well, what if, the fuck does that mean? If they find something while trying to find something, um, right, right, they found it. So. If a cop goes in your house and he's looking for a bag of weed, and he stumbles upon a bloody knife and a corpse, you don't say, "Oh, hey, you were just here for the weed, brother." Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. It just goes to show his mind, where his mind is at. Yeah. And also, he's doing the same thing that Donald Trump does. You think he's uh, mispronouncing his name on purpose as a slight? Calling him Mueller? Yeah. No, it's pretty common that people call it both. Okay. Well, you think that given his active, prominent involvement in the investigation, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he would know how yeah. to say his name. <laughs> right. Um, he's doing the same thing that Donald Trump is doing, which is... Oh, uh, no, he was only with the campaign for a little bit. Oh, yeah, he had very little involvement. Oh, Paul Manafort? Oh, yeah, just very brief time with the campaign. You mean your campaign chairman? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but super short time. Oh, Papadopoulos? Yeah, fucking coffee boy. Makes a hell of a cup of coffee. Having meetings with Australian ambassadors. Yeah. Because he's such a coffee boy. Doing powerful, the same fucking strategy that is... Powerful is, coffee boy. Yeah, bullshit. So the other thing that's happening right now. No, no, I want to comment on how he <laughs> looped. Wait, do that again? No, 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 no. Looped no. Infowars in oh, with yeah. Meet the Press. He's yeah. like, I've been on Infowars. I'm on this program. You don't distinguish between Infowars and Meet the Press. Well, the Meet, Meet the Press isn't reporting on the gay frogs. Yeah. The water turning the frogs gay. Yeah, he has to notice a difference while he's there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Little idiots! Idiots! <laughs> So, can I move on now? Yes. <laughs> the other thing that is going on that's huge right now is that Donald Trump woke up the other day, <laughs> apparently ravenous for a cheeseburger. Mm. and Worried start- about Melanie. Yeah, started... To- yes, yeah, <laughs> worried about Melanie. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I assume everybody does know, he welcomed Melanie back from her kidney surgery to the White House... And then several minutes or an hour or so later had to correct, mm-hmm. remembering that his wife's name is Melania. Well, he's putting her in her place. Yeah. You want to be mad about Stormy Daniels? I'll spell your name wrong. <laughs> he's he's trying to retain the power in the house. You yeah, see. he is. Yeah. Listen, quiet, Stephanie. So uh, he he woke up and he started tweeting about the FBI. Oh, just, just like he did with, with Barack Obama and the... Oh, Barack Obama wiretapped me, everybody. This is terrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) Worse than Watergate. He's doing the exact same thing using the exact same language. Yeah. Except now it's that someone in the Obama administration, he is postulating, ordered a spy infiltrate his campaign. Now, the Justice Department, because they want to protect their sources and methods, if it was an intelligence uh, counterintelligence operative, they don't want to let you know what it is. But it, it, it's very well that it's not an FBI agent. Let's go through and kind of talk about uh, exactly what's being alleged and what really is probably more likely. U.S. officials tonight are telling CNN that a confidential intelligence source was not planted inside the Trump campaign, not planted despite what the president and his surrogates, notably his lawyer Rudy Giuliani, have been claiming for several days now. This morning, the president tweeted, quote, reports are there was indeed at least one FBI representative implanted for political purposes into my campaign for president. It took place very early on and long before the phony Russia hoax became a hot fake news story, if true, all time biggest political scandal. Well, that's on top of yesterday's tweet, which was, wow, word seems to be coming out that the Obama FBI spied on the Trump campaign with an embedded informant. If so, this is bigger than Watergate. Yesterday, Rudy Giuliani was shocked. I'm shocked to hear that they put a spy in the campaign of a major party candidate or maybe two spies. And now I'm going through my brain since, you, you know, I was a big part of that campaign I'm trying to figure out who was the spy. Right. <laughs> now I'm wondering, is it this person or that person or this person? Well, today, when asked for evidence, Giuliani had actually none to offer Chris Cuomo. Here's the issue that I really feel strongly about with this informant, if there is one. First of all, I don't know for sure, nor does the president, if there really was one. We're told that. Uh, told that by whom? We're told that by people who, for a long time, we've been told that there's some, there was some kind of infiltration. At one time, the president thought it was a wiretap. There were. There were. Notice he didn't say who. <laughs> Barely, anonymous sources are only good for Donald Trump and his ding-dongs. Yeah. Not yeah. for the media. 
Mm-hmm. Well, who? Oh, no, no, people. You know, the people who tell us things. Just trust us. It's Listen, it, it's, it's good information. There were some uh, Pfizer applications, but we've never been notified that he was on a, on, on a tap or an intercept. There's never been any proof that he was on a wiretap either. No, but 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 he did say it as fact many times. I think he I think he he thought that. I mean, I think I know, but that doesn't make it true. That's part <laughs> of the problem with understanding this situation. It doesn't, the president it doesn't, feels something, states it as fact. There winds up being no may, proof, he, but he now may, you have a lot of people may, who believe may, it. He may t- turn out to be closer to the truth than people thought, because if there, we're told there were two uh, infiltrations, two embedded people in the campaign. And now, when you say you were told, just let's yeah. clear the record. You mean you're gleaning this from the reporting that's out there? No, the reporting corroborates what people have told us uh, off the record. Uh, you don't know if they're right or not. There are people who knew a little about the investigation. Now, a number of Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee want information about this informant. And it's not an abstract argument because the informant in question is obviously a real person with much at stake, something FBI Director Chris Ray underscored this week in testimony on the Hill. Human sources in particular who put themselves at great risk to work with us and with our foreign partners have to be able to trust that we're going to protect their identities and in many cases their lives and the lives of their families. Uh, And the day that we can't protect human sources is the day the American people start becoming less safe. So it's far less likely because of the pushback of the Justice Department right now Far less likely that this is an actual FBI employee, federal agent. It's far more likely that this is a foreign national, maybe a Russian, who was in contact with the campaign and will be able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt with emails and voicemails and communications, contemporary notes, what was going the fuck on. Listen to this, though. This is a former bigwig in FBI counterintelligence explaining really what it could look like from the angle of of the Bureau and the Justice Department um, actually putting someone in there. Joining me now is Frank Fugluzzi, my apologies there, an MSNBC contributor and former FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence. So uh, I got to ask you, uh, walk us through the process, the impetus by which the FBI would feel compelled that they might need to, if, if, if the president's allegation is true, infiltrate a campaign. So first, uh, it's important, as you said, to say if the president's allegation is true and that key word that he keeps using or the White House keeps using is embedded, which is getting my kind of the hair on the back of my neck uh, standing up because it's highly unlikely. And, and here's why. That would be incredibly intrusive. Um, it would go against protocol and policy. It would require the highest level of approvals to actually place an operative inside the campaign. There may have been a government operative inside the campaign, but I don't think he was working for the U.S. government. He may have been working for another government. What would have been far more likely, Chuck, was a couple of approaches to perhaps either George Papadopoulos and or Carter Page to determine the veracity of earlier reporting, including reporting from the Australian ambassador to London, that that we have a guy talking about the Russians having emails, the Russians having Hillary Clinton's emails and testing the veracity of that and even chuck as the fbi does in stolen property cases stolen artwork cases stolen data cases trying to buy or get that those emails back and see if they're out there so it it it, it, the more likely scenario would have been somebody working for the work would this be a person that would be working for the fbi or working on behalf of the fbi you get the difference yeah Yeah, highly unlikely that we're talking about a full-blown undercover agent with gun and badge. But rather, what we're seeing in the reporting is references to someone who's worked for the intelligence community for years, right? We see that happening. We see confirmation there's a human source out there. We see reporting that that high-level intel officials went to the White House and convinced even Chief of Staff Kelly that this was 
going to cause grave damage to reveal uh, a human intelligence source here. And then I'm really intrigued by the possibility that some of these approaches and even references from director Chris Ray involved other ally allies may have occurred overseas. That would right. put maybe the UK government, maybe the Australian government, hooked up with CIA, if it's happening overseas, and FBI, all believing that there's, yeah. there's enough suspicion here to do something operationally together. That fascinates me. Uh, and the other part of this is that, is that the, the, the New York Times report indicated that outing the informant would cause problems with other investigations. So, right. so that means, that, so uh, give me a profile of the type of person that might be involved in multiple uh, investigations. Yeah, and, and again, when we, so a couple of things. We already heard the reference to a long-time source, right? A reference that this person yeah. has been working for, for the government for a long time. So this is somebody who is well-positioned. And then when I hear the director of the FBI and others saying this could cause grave damage, that, that puts you in the top secret category. So who are we talking about? Someone who is likely in contact with or even inside a foreign intelligence service or has access to a foreign government regularly whose life could be endangered. You don't want to give that person up. And the right. Congress members, the Congress members who say they want that person given up are looking out for their own interests and not national security interests. I have to say the, the the way you've described it in my antenna, I'm thinking, is this a Russian double agent? Yeah, it could very well be, and no one wants that exposed, unless, of course, they care only about their own political interests. Well, the New York Times has learned the identity of the informant. I've heard it. Um, it's out there, I've heard. But they are not releasing the name. Either a CNN. So some people know who it is. Yeah. But they're not talking about it. But the I think the main point here is that Donald Trump is trying to say... Hey, you guys put an informant in my campaign and he acted or she acted improperly and this was wrong. And the other side is saying, uh, no, bro, <laughs> they they acted just fine. Oh. Um, they followed protocol and they did not get involved in this situation until Campaign officials had already had inappropriate contact with Russian officials. That's what prompted. Yeah, that's right. That's what prompted it. With multiple so, foreign nationals, now we're learning. It wasn't just, oh, we want to spy on the Trump campaign because we want crooked Hillary to win. It was, you're communicating with Russians. You're communicating with foreign powers to try to get dirt on your opposition. And we need to know what's going on with that. Yeah. So he can try to say, oh, they're acting improperly. I need to know what's going on. But what he's really trying to do is undermine the investigation. That's it. Without a doubt. Absolutely. That's all he's doing. This is a distraction yeah. by Donald Trump. And I do want to say that we, we talked about how they know the identity. And uh, apparently... If you're paying enough attention, you can figure it out. So I don't know if there's someone out there who <laughs> is doing detective work and is able to figure it out. Because the, the New York Times is reporting that he or she is an American academic who teaches in Britain and then goes on to talk about who they made contact with. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That, well that, listen, that could, be, that could be a great number of people. Because these, these international professors... They have their, their tentacles out there all over the place. And depending upon what their topic is, what their subject is, they could really have a, a very wide breadth and depth of, of contact um, that would be beneficial to the intelligence community. They also said that they have served in previous Republican administrations and they're well known in Washington circles. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe we'll be hearing, so, hearing this from Trump soon. But it There's a good chance I may have committed something. Light treason. <laughs> Light treason. So they're not a liberal. That's, not, that's yeah. not the situation. Well, it doesn't sound like they'd have a liberal somehow connected to the campaign. Mm -hmm. They're not going to lead us to the promised land, Brittany. Light treason. Well, I mean, Donald Trump is going to try to say whatever he can. Right? Yeah. So I think the fact that this person has has served in previous Republican administrations says something 
Um, well, it says something to rational people, but Mueller is a Republican. Christopher Ray is a Republican. Rod Rosenstein is a Republican. James Comey is a Republican. Jeff Sessions is a Republican. Yeah, well, how many Republicans <laughs> does it take until they right. until they understand? These are your people. Well, Why aren't you accepting g- what your people are saying? Listen, if Jeff Sessions isn't a Trump type of Republican enough, Janine Pirro on, on Fox News the other night said he is the greatest threat to the administration of all, of anybody, is, is Jeff Sessions. <laughs> Get the uh, fuck out of here, man. I know this is delayed, but I was thinking about the Rudy Giuliani clip. That's prick clip. shit, bro. That's prick shit. And um, when he said, I'm trying to think about who I talked to. Who, who was it that I talked to? Right? That's my best impression. That is a great Rudy Giuliani um, impression. <laughs> and you wouldn't be paranoid about who you talk to if you have nothing to worry about. Yes. You wouldn't be trying to go back through, oh, what could I have said? What? Who Who could it be? Who was I talking to? That's an awesome segue into our next topic. If everything is on the up and up, then yeah. you're... You're relaxed. Yeah. You're the, fine. That's it's a perfect segue into Donald Trump is also, as a result of all of this, this FBI bullshit, this this distraction, he, he tweeted out the other day that I hereby demand, ho, 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 he demands an inquiry, an investigation into this. He wants to get to the bottom of this. And uh, I say, yeah, okay, fucking A, man. Right on. Let's look into this because they they're going to have acted with propriety. They're, they don't have anything to hide. Yeah, let let the inspector general who ended up being uh, appointed let him look at it. Good to go. But this just happened tonight, where on on this weekend he said, "I hereby demand," and tomorrow, yesterday was Sunday, I hereby demand, and tomorrow I will officially demand it. I guess that the Justice Department, the FBI, look into this. Well, Rosenstein trotted up to the White House today to have a meeting with Donald Trump, and this is this is about. Next tonight, President Trump's growing pressure on the Department of Justice. On Twitter, the president demanding an investigation into whether the FBI or DOJ, in his words, infiltrated his campaign for political purposes. There was a meeting today at the White House with the Deputy Attorney General in charge of the Mueller investigation and the president's own recent pick now heading the FBI. So did the president get what he wants? ABC's chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Christopher Wray arrived at the White House today for a meeting with a president highly agitated about the Russia investigation. I hereby demand, the president declared, that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes, and if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration. He seems to be following through on a threat he made last month on Fox and Friends. You look at the corruption at the top of the FBI, it's a disgrace. And our Justice Department, which I try and stay away from, but at some point, I won't. The president's new demand comes in response to a New York Times report that the FBI in late 2016 used an informant to question two Trump campaign associates about their contacts with Russians. But there is no evidence the FBI infiltrated the Trump campaign. Today, Rosenstein made light of his high-profile predicament. Deputy attorneys general are very low profile, (laughs) tend not to be recognized. He has now ordered the Justice Department's internal watchdog to look into the president's concerns, saying, quote, if anyone did infiltrate or surveil participants in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate action. Today, the president received a friendly warning from his ally, Chris Christie, cautioning attacks on the investigation could backfire. I've told him many times that there's no way to make an investigation like this shorter, but there's lots of ways to make it longer. And he's executed on a number of those ways to make it longer. So let's get to John Carl live at the White House tonight. And John, how rare is it for a president to make these kinds of demands of his own Department of Justice? And also Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, what's he trying to do here? Is he trying to appease the president while also trying to give Robert Mueller more time to continue his work? Well, David, it puts Rosenstein in quite a bind. This is a highly unusual demand. 
But this is a deputy attorney general who for months has worked with the very real threat that he could be fired at any time. John Carl leading us off there from the White House another week there covering the president. John, thank you. So bringing us full circle is the fact that uh, this isn't normal, everybody. This is not normal. It's not a regular thing for a president to act in this manner, to direct the FBI and the Department of Justice as, it's, as if it's his own private, private investigative service. And that's what he's doing here. He's using the weight, the might, and the resources of the United States government for his own uses, for his own benefit, Mm -hmm. to punish his enemies. Not just him. Everyone around him is also doing that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trump, his kids... His associates, Ugh. everybody. That's the, that's what is happening. And they tried to say, "Look at the Clintons. They're just in it for themselves." Right. Look at the Clintons. Here we are, fifty minutes later, talking about the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's like who's in it for themselves, bro? You forgot yeah. the bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's it's upsetting, but I'm I'm hopeful that. As the scandals continue to come out, that people will slowly start reconsidering and hopefully uh, realize that it's not too late. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. It's okay to admit that you were wrong yeah. and that you got duped. And I know I'm saying it with a shitty tone of voice. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but uh, it really is okay. And yeah. and we, we will uh, bring you into the fold. Okay. That would be tippy top shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the asshole of today. George Tyndall, I think. Dr. George Tyndall. Yeah. Gynecological specialist at. USC School of Medicine. Yeah, he's a gynecologist. Yeah. And he has apparently uh, been sexually assaulting and harassing women for 20 years. It is unbelievable to me that these these men go this long without without being called out, without being uh, outed, without any scrutiny. I, I, I don't get that. He, these are just some of the things that he did. Get ready, because this is shocking, unbelievable shit. Remember, this is a gynecologist. So if you are not familiar, you go in and you put your feet in the stirrups and you scoot your ass down all the way to the end of the bed so that your vagina is right in the doctor's face. Flush with the end of the of the examination You table. are right up in there. So you have to feel pretty comfortable with the person who's getting in your business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. This guy um, commented on the looseness. Literally getting in your business. Commented on the looseness of women's vaginas. Ugh. He talked about how smooth their skin was when he was giving them exams commenting on their smooth skin. How's that medically necessary? Um, He surprised one patient. Are you ready for this? He surprised her? By suddenly removing her tampon and dangling it in front of her. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not kidding. So um, what... He's been called out for this. Well, I also want to say he. another woman says that he groped her breasts and told her that she, quote, likely has AIDS. When she didn't. Likely has AIDS? Right. God damn. Yeah. I was reading this and I was thinking about the Ricky Gervais character on the show Louie. Because that that doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. What Ricky Gervais does during that scene was reminding me kind of of what I was reading about here. Um, and if you haven't seen that scene, you can go to YouTube and Ricky Gervais, Dr. Louie and watch it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the reason it's a funny scene is because it's so fantastical and out of the realm of possibility that it's funny. Apparently not. No, I, if you have, 
if you have a gynecologist talking about how loose your vagina is and pulling your tampon out without your permission and dangling it in front of you, I mean, what the hell is going on? No, this is not the kind of stuff that's supposed to happen. Yeah, man. So I I tweeted this article about a a guide to gynecological exams. um, Gynecological exams. (laughs) What did (laughs) I say? a lot of syllables. Um, What should and shouldn't happen during them. And it's a pretty good guide if you, you know, have a daughter and you are wanting to tell her what she should be expecting when she goes in or maybe she's unfamiliar or something uh because they should not be commenting on your body in a way that uh is not related to health like the smoothness of your skin that's not health related yeah 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 um you had something like this happen when you were a kid yeah i did it wasn't a, a gynecological exam no i went in for a sore throat and he pulled my shirt up and was feeling my stomach and commented on my stomach muscles. <laughs> Said I had really nice stomach muscles. And I remember being really creeped out, but my mom was in the room with me. And then he went out of the room and I looked at my mom. I was like, what the hell? Why didn't you say anything? And she was like, well, I was waiting to see how far it was going to go. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Chapter 12 of Brittany Page Raised by Wolves. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but they, they shouldn't be commenting on your body in a way that doesn't make sense. And they should be telling you what they're going to do. So if they're getting ready to pull your tampon out, which I don't know that that's a thing that happens, that should be something they tell you. That's not a surprise. Yeah. That's not a surprise event that they spring on you. I mean, seriously, in my in my head, I'm, I'm thinking that he's he's making the sound you know yeah i mean because he's like i'm a joker <laughs> look at this oh jesus I, what is happening yeah it's, hor- it's horrifying they have to tell you what they're doing up front like i'm getting ready to go into your vagina and you're gonna feel this and- right there's gonna be pressure it's like a normal doctor right and <laughs> it should be like a normal medical exam it's intimate but it should be treated just as professionally yeah and also they're supposed to avoid sexual innuendo. So anything that be, could be construed as a sexual comment or any kind of comment on the body that could be misinterpreted, you should just avoid saying that. Yeah. Keep it to practical terms. At, at one point, he commented on someone's perky breasts. Jesus okay? Christ. That's not something that you say. You don't need to make a comment evaluating the perkiness shit, of a breast. That's prick shit. Yeah. You know, keep keep it to your job. But for 20 years, he's been doing this for 20 so years. So it, it, what's happened to him? Well, an investigation by the Los Angeles Times um, that the university confirmed last week, they quietly paid him to leave mm. in 2017 after a complaint from a student. So... So there's likely lawsuits they also, inbound. They acknowledged that they um, that he had been a subject of eight complaints dating back to 2000. So five women are currently suing. Um, oh, good. And good. I would expect more women to join, given the fact that they're saying for nearly 20 years this yeah. has been going on. So. Unbelievable, yeah. man. And and they have the complaints. They have the record of the complaints going back to 2000. So it did nothing. Eight. It's like when you get one, you're like, ah, you know, maybe you get two, like, oh, man, it's kind of becoming a pattern. Three is officially a pattern. You need to look into that. By the time eight rolls around, Mm -hmm. even if it's between 2000 and 2018, eight seems like you need to get on the fucking stick and get rid of this guy. Yeah. And this is a bummer because remember, this is USC. Right. So so this is uh, college students. These are college students. Yes. Young women who may not know what is supposed to happen in the room, who may be fearful, who are afraid to challenge authority, the the doctor that, again, they have their ass off the side of the table. And I'm I'm illustrating that not to just talk about it. You're in a vulnerable position. It's a very vulnerable thing. And you try to keep your ass away from them, but then they make you. They make you, no, come down here. Like, you need to put it in my face. I need need it down here. Yeah. And it is a very (laughs) 
unusual thing. So how's the weather? You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And for him, to, how was your commute in? Yeah, for him to take advantage of that situation with these young girls, knowing that they feel uncomfortable, knowing Fucking awkward that too, knowing that he has the power. Yeah. Um, it's just disgusting. No good. And that no one protected them. Again, another Larry Nasser. And how many of them are out there? How many doctors? How many doctors have complaints like this? If Listen, if something weird happens, don't just chalk it, oh, it's probably me. I'm probably just overreacting. Call them out on the spot. Talk to the hotel administrators. Make a deal out of it, ladies. Stand the fuck up for yourself for sure. Because these aren't just, I mean, I don't think it's widespread, but these are people. Doctors are people with problems just like cops. Like normal people. They just happen to be doctors. Stand the fuck up for yourself and call these assholes out. That guy's an asshole. Not just the asshole of today. We're going to wrap it up. We love you guys. We're going to leave you there. Go follow Brittany on Twitter. Brittany E. Page at, uh, or just at Brittany E. Page. Mm -hmm. Follow me on Twitter at Dollamore and the podcast at I Doubt It Podcast. We would love to communicate with you on the Twitter. It is a good time. We are still taking calls. We want to further that conversation about masculinity, what it means, coming out of it. If you disagree, we'd love to hear that too. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. It's going to be a good time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I doubt it. Like.